Greetings, dears. This is Annette of AnnetteLeonard.com, back again with Chronic Wellness. I appreciate you being here. I am continuing a bit of my story about having contracted COVID. And let me just remind you again of the context. So I have somewhere on the order of six autoimmune diseases. Sjogren's, polymyositis, Raynaud's. The most threatening, though, while having COVID, is that I have pulmonary fibrosis, which is um, autoimmune in its etiology. Many people have pulmonary fibrosis with an unknown etiology. Mine is related to my anti-synthetase syndrome. That's a mouthful. And what it means is that my lungs are progressively turning themselves into scar tissue. Fun. <laughs> and uh, I have had times where uh, it has been very difficult to breathe. And if you've tuned in here with any regularity, you know that I have been on the lung transplant list. Uh, my situation has gotten so dire. And so contracting COVID, we feared, might be a death sentence. And so how miraculous. What a wondrous thing that I am still with you and talking about COVID in the past here today. And it's it, it, it was no joke. <laughs> and on that second or uh, so day, because I came down with COVID on the weekend, we had been in touch with my physicians and all of them had many of the same things to say, which of course were, let's pay attention to your fever, let's pay attention to your oxygen saturation, and let's quick get you on one of the um, antiviral therapies. Now, because of some of the heavy-duty pain meds that I am on for my daily migraines and the chronic pain that I live with, and because of <laughs> my blood thinners for the clotting conditions that I have had, I could not take Paxlovid, the one that everybody has heard of and that has done a good job of being an antiviral. I got put on the much less known monopol. I practiced this before I got on here, but you wouldn't know it. Monoplevir? Monoplevir? I am not going to say that right, but it is something like that. <laughs> and this one has not shown the same kind of efficacy as Paxlovid in being an antiviral, but is still keeping people uh, off ventilators and from dying. Um, unfortunately, it was four capsules and not little ones either. <laughs> that you had to take every 12 hours. And when suffering, <laughs> when nauseated, when 
uh, unable to breathe. Four capsules can really feel like an Everest. But that brings me to another point, which is that when I am that taxed, when my system is that overloaded, when hydration and potentially pitching up my pills becomes that dire, I do pared on my pill box. So I take an extraordinary number of medications every day. And, and some of those are supplements like calcium to keep my bones strong and um, folic acid to counter effect some of the other heavy duty meds that I take. And I take numerous medications. So in my pill box on the daily are 33 pills. It's an outrageous number. It really is. But to add eight more pills to that regimen is extreme. So when I am in a really taxed state, like during COVID or when I've had a flu, I do pare down my pills. I, I prioritize things like my blood thinner and my prednisone and some of the must have in my pillbox things. And I do away with some amount of the supplements or the probiotics, just things that I can live without for a few days. Um, to just ease the burden on my system and to swallow a few fewer things. And at this point, the dry congestion had turned into wet congestion. And quite by accident, I discovered uh, that Sudafed was making a big difference in helping just sort of dry my nasal passages a little bit to improve my congestion and every little bit made a difference. And because of my lung disease, we have uh, pulse oximeters around the house. And so I could put one on my finger and routinely monitor my oxygen saturation, which was dropping almost every time I measured it. Um, which was frustrating and concerning. <laughs> and for those of you who have lung disease or know someone with lung disease, you probably know that anytime your oxygen saturation drops below 88%, you're in the danger zone. You're doing damage to your brain and other vital organs. And so that's the point at which you need to be wearing oxygen to get your oxygen saturation up or you need to go into the hospital to help have your oxygen be managed and i was precipitously close to that and sometimes dropping below it thankfully i have an oxygen concentrator in my home i had liquid oxygen tanks available to me so i could supplement the oxygen however at the time, I only had nasal cannulas available to me, and that's the vocabulary for the oxygen that you will see most commonly where people have it strapped to their face and you're wearing it up your nose. 
and my nose was blocked. <laughs> and so here's where those of us with home oxygen start to get creative and like, put it in your mouth. <laughs> Not a perfect system. What would have worked better is having one of those situations like you get strapped on you in a hospital setting or in an ambulance where you're wearing an oxygen mask that fully covers your mouth and nose. Um, rather quickly, meaning in the first three or four days, the nausea abated. However, the intestinal distress and kind of, well, the vomiting abated. Diarrhea and nausea continued for quite a while in my experience. And uh, as I say, those oxygen saturation numbers continued to drop over the first five or six days. And my body was in a lot of pain. It felt so much to me like a fibromyalgia flare, like an arthritis flare. And uh, for those of us with autoimmune conditions, what's so dangerous about contracting an illness, suffering an injury, going through times of inordinate stress, is that our conditions are likely to begin remitting if we've been in any sort of relapsing, excuse me, if we've been in any sort of remitting phase, our illnesses are likely to start relapsing. And so COVID is dangerous on all these fronts, not just in having lung disease, but in kicking off all of these other illnesses that may have been dormant. And I am someone for whom all of my progression of chronic illness and disability began with an infection of, of mono, of Epstein-Barr. And so I know that I am prone to post-viral situations. I'm prone to having my body hang on to viruses in long haul kinds of situations. And so I just assumed that if I ever got COVID, I would be ripe for a long COVID experience. <laughs> and as that radical fatigue settled into my body, of course, the fear that that would be the new world order and I wouldn't be shaking it anytime soon came along with that experience as my unwelcome traveling companion. Um, more to come in coming days and weeks. And as ever, uh, tell me more about your experiences. Have you had COVID? Have you avoided it? Have you had it more than once? How has it interacted with your other illnesses? Have you had downturns? Did it trigger your autoimmune states? Um, I'm curious about your experience. Each of us have so many things that are unique and particular to our bodies and yet so much in common, these lives in isolation and uh, with pain 
and with illness. So know that I'm thinking about you and I'm glad you're here. Please uh, look around if you haven't already. And I'd be grateful if you'd comment and subscribe and send this to others who need the information. Until we're together again, I thank you for being here and be well.